Well, hello. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of uh, Brews Less Traveled, the podcast exploring the best uncharted craft beer cities across the uh, U.S. Already messed up that word. Uh, hey there, I'm Brian. I'm your host. And uh, I'm welcoming back my supposed co-host for this month, Isaac Bow. Isaac, rave reviews in for Laura taking your place last week. Thoughts on coming back to the show? Uh, well, happy to be stateside. Uh, excited to come back and uh, hopefully earn my rank for the month of August. I've got big shoes to fill. Laura's pretty awesome. Yes, she is indeed. How you doing? How was Canada? Uh, it was absolutely amazing. Um, you know, I have a nickname when I go through uh, any kind of borders or TSA. It's usually random baggage check. <laughs> I always have some sort of issue getting across and back in, but it's it's so cool to be, to go back and, and visit my family um, for for two reasons. One is it's like the grocery stores just change immediately after you get across the border of the U.S. into anywhere else. So actually, I have props. Oh, Canada show and has, tell. Yeah, Canada has what are called crunchy bars if you i'm not a i'm not a sweet tooth at all but these are absolutely delicious so of course i have a, a pack of these that i brought back and then most people find these absolutely disgusting but uh, i have ketchup chips which are a big thing oh. that lays does if you haven't had them i think they're absolutely delicious you go ketchup chips over all dressed i go ketchup chips over all dressed 100 another canadian chip reference there that's right and then there's, uh, it's so cool. There's, you know, 10 breweries that have popped up over the past five years. And of course you can throw a stone and, and hit every, all 10 of them, you know, from one central location. And my family's so cute. They're telling me about them. They're like, they've got beautiful Edison strung light bulbs all over and reclaimed pallets. And you can bring your kids and your dogs. And the menu's a chalkboard. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's very fun. Well, that sounds lovely. Yeah. Great to have you back. Good to be back. Well, since you're not going to ask me, I'm also doing well. Oh, um, yes. I'm sorry. I'm being very rude. I'm, I'm actually t- doing an ultimate power move over here, and I'm slow pouring our first beer. What? Did... I know. I'm sorry. We should have talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well, th- th- fine, then. Uh, uh, Isaac, did you know uh, in Boise, they drop a giant potato to celebrate New Year's Eve? I did not, but it sounds amazing. It, it does sound amazing. And yeah, I, I learned that from our awesome uh, beer club inclusion materials. Uh, so be sure to check out uh, the beer club at bruvana.com. Potato facts aside, we've got uh, an episode to, to get to here. Well, we continue to make our way through the wonderful city of Boise, Idaho, the city of trees, breweries, and tonight, Lonesome Larry's. We're featuring two beers from Sockeye Brewing Company, named after the iconic Sockeye Salmon. And of course, we're going to be enjoying two of their great beers. Like I said, their Lonesome Larry American Lager, as well as the Angel's Perch Amber Ale. We're also going to be joined by a guest. Yeah, absolutely. And since we've got two great beers to enjoy from Sockeye, we should probably bring on our guest. Please join me in welcoming the marketing director at Sockeye, Tyson Garden. There we go. Oh, my Hello God. Guys. The background. All me. right. <laughs> All right. Hey, Tyson. I, 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 come, I come with salmon facts. <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners at home, Tyson's background says Idaho, swim, uh, Idaho salmon swim at 900 miles just to spawn and die. 
And that's a fact. You can look it up. <laughs> well, since Isaac is already ahead of me, let's get started with our first beer. Tyson, uh, what can you tell us about Lonesome Larry? So Lonesome Larry, Lonesome Larry is just a nice, clean, easy drinking lager. It's actually technically a Munich style Hellas uh, lager. Oh, yeah. So nice, light, easy. You're going to get a little bit of that. Um, there's some Munich malt or uh, the Idaho Pilsner. So it's Idaho grown Pilsner, not German grown Pilsner. You'll get a little bit of a different characteristic from that. A little less of the earthiness that you get from some of the German characteristic uh, Idaho Pilsners. Um, we use German tradition hops. Um, so you just a very like slightly spicy, not super spicy, not like a Czech sauce or anything like that, but uh, a, a nice well-rounded German hop. Uh, and this is a year-round offering for us. We're making a big push on this. You know, nationwide, Idaho is a lot like the rest of the nation in that light loggers are making a little bit of a comeback. Uh, and we're pretty proud of this. This light logger comes in at 5%, uh, 21 IBUs. Just like I said, it's kind of the patio pounder, for lack of a better term. Just drink <laughs> a few during the day. I like that. Yeah, loving this beer. This is abs- patio, patio pounder is absolutely... <laughs> I'm stealing that term. That's yeah, great. Yes. How, how many names can you come up with for, for lawnmower beers? Lawnmower yes. lager. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I heard there's an interesting story behind the name Lonesome Larry as well. Yeah. So Lonesome Larry, a lot of people like the name just for the name, but there's actually a little bit of a story. It's actually on the side of the can. That 900 mile journey I joke about with the Idaho salmon swimming 900 miles just to spawn and die, give or take 1992, uh, 1993 um, here in Redfish Lake, Idaho. So it's, it's about a three, four hour drive from where we're at, but Redfish Lake is the longest trek a sockeye salmon can make to spawn and essentially repopulate their species. Cause after they spawn, they die. They literally like they're old, they're decrepit. They spent their time out in the ocean. They came back to freshwater and that's the end of it. Back in 1992, 1993, Lonesome Larry, he was dubbed was the last salmon to make it all the way up naturally from the ocean all the way up that 900 mile river trek to Redfish Lake and essentially spawn and saved his species. So that year he was kind of the savior of the species. So they had actually captured him and bred sockeye salmon. So without him, I don't know if even sockeye brewing would be around because sockeye salmon in Idaho may not even exist. He was kind of the, the pioneer that saved, saved the species. Wow. The savior salmon. Yeah. Literally yeah. saved her salmon. So the, I make light of it as the marketing guy. I love this, this, they swim 900 miles to spawn and die, but that literally is what it is. And that's Lonesome Larry's story. It's a, it's just a cool little connection. Uh, we give a lot of money back to the community and to Idaho salmon conservation. So we're in the, we're in the business of giving back a lot that tie in with this beer and how much money we, we donate back to salmon conservation with this beer is it's important to us. And, you know, it's, it's a reason when I started at sockeye that I felt like I was, I was home. Like I, I, I want to work for a company like that. That's yeah. awesome. I can definitely also taste that sort of like different malt characteristic that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and that's very cool to sort of like taste the Idaho there. Absolutely. That, that Idaho Pilsner is super interesting because if you were, you know, you're, I'm sure you're familiar everyone here with Idaho or sorry, German style Pilsners. Um, you get a little more of like a slightly different characteristic with the malt than you do with an Idaho Pilsner malt. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, so you, Sockeye has celebrated 25 years of operating, right. and that was in 2021, yep. yep, which is a huge milestone for any brewery. What's it been like to be in business for that long as a craft brewery in, in Boise? 
you know, I'm only 33. So they were eight years old when I woke, when I, uh, when I uh, was born or wow. when they, when they had started. So right. for me, for me getting to work with it, I got in this industry. I actually opened a brewery locally. Beer was something I wanted to get into. So landing at a place like Saka that has the history and kind of that backdrop background of, you know, years and years of crafting beers for a long time, it was, you know, just for our pub or just for a couple local establishments um, from there growing to one of the largest in Idaho and the largest distribu- like distributing Idaho brewery. So we sell more Idaho beer in Idaho than any other Idaho brewery. I don't know if that wording makes a lot of sense, but yeah. to work for a company like this, it's a pleasure because all that history, especially as the marketing guy, I have, I kind of have the totem. I have, I have the Olympic flame that, that is mine to carry. And, and, and it's, it's, it's very exciting. There's a, there's a lot of respect that comes with, you know, 25 years. I think, I think we've done a lot of really cool stuff in the last even 10 years, but 25 is wild. There's a lot of, there's a lot of meat on the marketing bones. (laughs) That's a fact. Yeah. You know, last, last year, not to go on a tangent, but last year we actually were able to rebrand the company. So we had the same logo, same, same stuff for, 24 years so going into our 25th year it was it was an opportunity as a marketing guy to rebrand and kind of establish a new logo and a new presence for the next 25 years so that was a lot of fun this isn't on my list of questions to ask you so this is a little bit of a curveball but when (laughs) sockeye was opening up uh what was eight-year-old tyson like what did you want to be oh shoot i wonderful eight-year-old tyson out of 96 that was the year. So I grew up in Southern Utah. I was a big Utah jazz fan and All Michael right. Jordan just killed my dreams of the Utah jazz ever winning an NBA <laughs> final. Oh so God, I think that that was give game. or take where we were at. <laughs> All right. Excellent. That's a, I remember that moment in time. Um, around, around the horn, Isaac, what, what were, what was eight-year-old Isaac wanting to do? Eight-year-old Isaac. I think I wanted to be a zoologist, particularly in the study of koalas. Oh yeah. It's a weird thing, but I like it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about I, you? I want to dig up dinosaurs. I was obsessed with Jurassic Park. Either that or, I mean, eight years old. I maybe still wanted to, like, thought I could be Batman and, like, thought <laughs> Batman was, like, a real thing that you could aspire to. So either Batman or paleontologist. Is that who studies dinosaurs? Yeah. Well, yeah. Bones and stuff. Yeah. yeah I guess, yeah. I guess to circle back on mine. By that I mean I thought I wanted to be part of the Utah Jazz. I thought being a basketball like a player pro, would have been pro basketball wanted to be John Stockton. Yeah, and literally that was the worst. I, I've never been worse at a sport. Ba- baseball, golf, all this other stuff. I love it. Basketball was never my jam. Yet I thought I was going to play for the Jazz. That's why it was a dream, man. <laughs> we we do always want to be what we we can't be. You know, mm-hmm. actors want to be musicians. Musicians want to be actors. Eight year old kids want to be. Batman. Um, so last year, also last year, in addition to celebrating 25 years, Sakai bought an old trolley and added it to your Fairview location. Is that right? That's a fact. So we've actually owned the trolley for a lot longer than that. Our owners yeah. um, are real estate developers. And years ago, an old trolley bar uh, off the bench here in Idaho. So give or take for the people not from Idaho or not from Boise, say a 10 mile drive from where our brewery is. Uh, someone threw a Molotov cocktail into it, um, lit it on fire, and the whole thing just got destroyed. Well, for that's aggressive. I don't yeah. know the actual. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know the actual retail price or what we paid, like the sticker price. But it it was 
a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks, something super minor. Purchased the trolley, and they completely redid it. Um, for those interested in looking at what that project turned into, ten years later or twelve years later, however long that is, go to sockeyebrew.com. Under private events, you can see pictures of the trolley. It's easily one of the most gorgeous private event spaces. I wish it was bigger. We can only fit 20, 25 people max, but it's cool for retirement parties, birthday parties, just little beer gatherings. We've done beer dinners in there where we pair beer with dishes our chef comes up with. It's just, it's easily the most unique venue that I've come across. Yeah. Looking at pictures of it was, was really cool. And I saw pictures of it burnt out, but Maybe I didn't read the article well enough, but I I did not see that it was burnt out by a Molotov cocktail. That is the I'm, craziest detail. I may be embellishing a little bit, but no, 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 no. Don't don't even. <laughs> it was definitely in uh, an arson fire, though. I don't know if it was a regular. I don't know the whole backstory, but it's just kind kids, of devastating because this kids bar on the inside. Yeah, right. Like lighting cigarette, mm-hmm. uh, mat match boxes, and throwing them. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was it was a staple here in the community, and so when it burned down, it was a major disaster for some of the people who enjoyed that little spot. Um, so for us to pick it up, do it, and in my opinion, we did it right. Like I say, we our owners had a vision for it to become kind of the relic that the old trolley used to be, and they t- they did a really really good job. It turned out beautifully. I'd love to hear that. In addition to being uh, the, the long history of of the brewery. Uh, what does it mean to Sockeye to really be the largest brewery and one of the largest breweries in Idaho? That's some pretty big shoes. It is. Uh, you know, we've had our share of ups and downs from that distribution. It's it's a lot like watching how sausage is made. It's it's not glamorous, some of that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, over the years, Sockeye being 25 years, we didn't really start canning or doing anything till about 2012 uh, and tr- focusing on true distribution. So a lot of the growth has happened within the last 10 years. So within 10 years, we've we've managed to grow from brewing, not exclusively for our pub, but mostly to uh, statewide distribution here in Idaho. We distribute into Washington, Oregon, and Montana, and a few states coming as well. It means a lot to us seeing our brand resonate in other states. I'll tell you like, Sockeye, it seems like it's a very Northwest inspired brand. Uh, If you look through our branding, it's very Idaho. You know, everything is Lonesome Larry. Dagger Falls is named after a a landmark in Idaho. So to go, say, to a Montana and have people resonate with our brand and try the liquid and know the liquid's good, that that means a lot to all of us. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys have um, the unique one-offs that you do? Or is it more so, you know, like you uh, here on the East Coast, a traditional sort of brew pub you're going to have and one of our one of, and i'm not going to still brian sunder because we're going to get into it in a second but you know we've got an amber ale we've got you know a pilsner it's like the traditional like brew pub lineup you got your pilsner you got your pale ale you've got your amber you've got your stout and you know that's kind of it is is that what that your model is like or is it do you have other other things we kind of have a blended model you know with yeah. with the brew pub we have the brew brew pub exclusives we have a small pub system so the system that 100% of Sockeye's beer, it's a seven barrel system. So 200 and whatever that is, 210 gallons at a time. That original brew system still exists in our brewery. So we're still able to brew small batch stuff. Nice. That's a lot of fun outside of maybe what pays the bills. Dagger Falls, our IPA, which I know we're not tasting today, that's 65%, 60 to 65% of our sales 
It's the best selling IPA in Idaho. Wow. So that's going through our 40 barrel brew house regularly, sometimes three times a day just to fill the tanks. But a lot of our brewers enjoy the fact that we have that small batch system where we can just crank out right. weird stuff, barrel aged, sours. My favorite, we just released my kind of anniversary beer card in my French Saison. You know, there's not a lot of Saisons around the area. So awesome. One of those things like it's it's it, it it's a lot of fun to do that. And I I appreciate that Sockeye made the effort to keep the old brew house and kind of the history, but also the flexibility that brew house brings us. Here at Brews Less Travel, we love a guest with a beer named after them. Shout out to Al Pills from Kettle House in Montana. You are our second guest in like two months to have a beer, an iconic beer, like not even just a good beer yeah. named after them. Card in my French, that's like top tier. Like Thank top you. tier <laughs> beer name. Yeah, yeah that's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, I'm, known, I'm known around the, the brewery as, I wouldn't say known as this specifically, but I've got the, the mouth of a sailor. So the pardon my French situation and the my last name just being Cardin, it just fit. And Cardin's a French name. Like it, nothing could have fit better. So it was this perfect, perfect storm to, to brew a French Saison and, and do it right. We also and, love a good pun. So <laughs> who yeah. doesn't? If you don't yeah. like puns and yeah, you like exactly. beers, they're hand in hand. Exactly. Yeah, you can you can go kick rocks. <laughs> Let's take a beer break and talk about nuclear power. Did you know that the first nuclear reactor in the world is located in Idaho? The Experimental Breeder Reactor No. 1, or EBR-1 for short, was powered up in 1951 as a test to see if electricity from a nuclear reaction could be used as a power source. The experiment worked, with EBR-1 powering four light bulbs and paving the way for numerous reactors to pop up all over the world in the 1960s. EBR-1 also proved the concept of breeding fuel, the idea that a reactor could create more energy than it consumes. EBR-1 continued to burn for over a decade, being used for numerous experiments. Located about 200 miles east of Boise, the site of EBR-1 is now a nuclear museum, where visitors can see four different nuclear reactors and learn about the various experiments performed on the site. Now, let's get back to the show. Let, let's get into our second beer. You mentioned Dagger Falls, best-selling IPA, best-selling craft beer in all of Idaho. And to continue that theme, a, a lot of your beers are named for like iconic landmarks in Idaho. So what can you tell us about Angel's Perch? So Angel's Perch is named after, uh, again, a landmark here in Idaho. Angel's Perch, though, uh, it's, it's kind of your run-in-the-mill amber, and, and we're proud of that part of it. Um, it's interesting. It's kind of the little beer that could. Right now, it's trending as our third best-selling beer, outside of Lonesome Larry being our second. Um, and it's kind of the beer that years ago, I won't name names, but there's a lot of, there's a few amber ales out there that are just kind of staples. Like, hey, you always go, go back to them, a solid amber. So this amber is no different. It's 4.5%, 15 IBUs, nice crystal malt. You kind of got that caramely, toffee characteristic to it magnum and crystal crystal hops so kind of unassuming slightly spicy hops not a lot of them added to it so most of it's just letting that 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 crystal malt shine but again this is beer for beer's sake i always tell people yeah. this is like if you were to pick up your dad's beer growing up this is what your dad's beer tasted like if you were a kid and you accidentally took a swig of it thinking it was your soda or something like <laughs> it's just 
good beer, nice and clean finish. And like I said, it's the little beer that could for us. Yeah. Nailed it. It's yeah. This is like yeah. perfect example of, of an Amber ale. It's yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's not Amber ales are never going to be something that like, as people are going to, the beer that people are going to write home about, say, so to speak. But when you do an Amber ale, that is this well done with, with no even signs of any, any hint of an off flavor or, fermentation that got too warm or pitching rates that are out yeah. of sorts it's it this is a extremely well-brewed beer no and, and and like i said this is actually this is one of our older recipes it's been around with sockeye forever and as you can imagine 25 26 years ago ambers were kind of the again that that was your dad's beer so to speak like no one was drinking hoppy ipas so again not to name names but some of those national brands this was when Idaho and Boise were going for a local version of those national brands at the time, this was the good alternative. And it's just stuck. Like, again, we don't push this beer all that well, as far as like, we're not doing these massive marketing campaigns or anything like that. But, you know, we take it to an event, pour it off our, the side of our beer van. Someone just looking for a good beer on a hot day. This is great because it's, it appeases those people looking for something dark, but also doesn't have that heavy body. So it, it works great. You know, I'm just going to throw it out there. We've got two patio pounders today. <laughs> Is that just what we do here at Sockeye? Maybe. Maybe. You're the patio, yeah, pa- you're the patio, patio pounder patterns. people. Continue that P-P-P. alliteration. Let's P-P-P. keep building on that. You're That's the right. perfect patio pounder people. And then the the, the name, um, Angel's Perch, it's a it's a peak in the, in the mountains east of Boise, yes. right? East of Boise in the Sawtooth Mountains. A lot of our names are kind of derived from we have this old book it's like the bible of the sawtooth so everything that, that <laughs> idaho is everything that idaho is known for and we probably exacerbate and uses too many of those landmark names on some of our, our our beers that's just me as the marketing i'm like let's branch out but you know when we are 95 percent of our sales are through the state of idaho that's it's a good connection to have you know anywhere we sell uh, we also have another beer. I know we're not tasting this horse thief hazy. It's named after horse thief reservoir, which is just North of Boise. And because of that whole connection, like everyone around horse thief reservoir, that's one of their favorite beers by default. So we kind of have these little segments that just work really nicely for us. Heck yeah. So, not like that one horse thief bill. It's just called bill bill. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually Come on, Isaac, Harry, Henry, get with the alliteration. The thing. alliteration, my dude. Yeah. Come on. I'm just sitting here the entire time, and you're like Angel's Perch, and I was sitting here. Maybe it's my dyslexia, which I don't have up until now. But I was like Angler's Perch. What an awesome fishing spot. It fits. Hey, that fits better. I'll tell you. Uh, prior to our rebrand in 2020, 2021. Sorry, last year when we rebranded, our older font said Angel's Perch, but it looked like it said Angel's Peach. So I had every single event I'd bring this beer to, I had to explain to them, Angel's oh, Perch, there's no peach in the beer. And it, it became frustrating. So when when we rebranded, Angel's Perch was actually like, okay, spell it with the font. I need to look at it. If it looks wrong, we're not using that font. Like that was a big sticking point for us. It was the litmus test for the font. Exactly. Yeah, Tyson says we're not allowed to use Comic Sans anymore, guys. Yeah. Exactly. Comic Sans, <laughs> just do it. Type it out. It looks terrible. That's right. It's Helvetica only from here on out. <laughs> So most, if not all your beers are made with Idaho ingredients. 
So what's it like to be so close to your raw material producers? It's exciting. You know, the grain, we don't get a ton of, you know, we're not just driving out looking through the fields of grain, but you could drive by them. They're all over Idaho. Um, one of my favorite things actually coming up is fresh hop season. And we're 45 minutes from the source. Um, we're able to actually off, off the bind, they strip them, they do everything they're supposed to, take them down the conveyor belts, and we're able to sit there with trash bags and just get pounds and pounds and pounds and pounds of fresh hops. So cool. And they are just disgustingly wet, sticky. You know, I, I've seen people who are allergic that just get rashes all over their arms, and they're just stoked because they take these trash bags back, and within 45 minutes, it's in the kettle either or that or a hop back or something like that. And we're able to make fresh hop beer. So that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. It's wild. Like I know there's some plate pockets around the United States that have access to that, but we're just very fortunate to live that close to some of the coolest places that are developing hops. Yeah. 100%. There's, I mean, there's a hop grower. There's a couple hop growers around here, but I think, uh, what was, what was the stats that we, we had Brock Obendorf, uh, on, yeah, two episodes ago and i, I think i brock well <laughs> you should probably check on them there's giant bugs on this farm yeah oh yeah <laughs> i don't want to talk about that that sounds terrible <laughs> yeah it does i think when i checked there was twelve thousand acres of hops harvested in idaho mm-hmm. last year there literally is no other state like that other than idaho oregon and washington so i think yeah. it's I think you're kind of underselling the 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 closeness that you have to that hop production, and uh, I mean, especially now that Idaho is making such a name for themselves in in hop growing. Once we got so we're the number one barley producing state, and we're the number two because a couple of years ago we surpassed mm-hmm. Oregon in hop production. So to be the number two hop production state, it's pretty cool. You know, a lot of them. They kind of have their varieties, you know, the Cascades, the Chinooks, the, the hops that everyone kind of knows the name of. Um, I, I'm sure you guys are familiar with the Idaho 7. That was the, when Idaho 7 got released, I think Sierra Nevada did a beer. We added it to some dry hopping on our Dagger Falls. It's a hop that was just such a versatile, unique hop. And it's named after Idaho. It was like right at that time was when we surpassed Oregon and we became number two. So it was like just like the, everything aligned and made like kind of put idaho on the map for a hop growing state yeah and i mean it, it's continued idaho gem is is mm-hmm. making noise and i think mm-hmm. with the contracts that are going to idaho hop farmers now they're they're brewing all the the hits too the simcoe's the ctz's the amarillo like it's it's really great to see another state get involved with that because you know washington almost has the market cornered 72 percent or 75 percent of all the hops or something we're coming up on them but we're a little guy yeah you'll get them you'll get them i just (laughs) i just want to i just want to bring up when i asked about raw ingredients and like being so close to them like one of the first things that you mentioned you're like it's awesome there's these guys that are just like totally allergic to hops and they go out there and just fill trash bags up and and take them home that's like those people that like are allergic to, to uh, you know, crustaceans and they just eat shrimp outside the ER, like getting ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to go in, but I'm not going to miss this red lobster experience. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And what's funny is, so shout out to Debbie from Alpha Hops. She's one of our suppliers um, and she supplies a bunch of breweries from around here. She gets hop oils from Montana. She's just, she's really intertwined. She's actually why I know Brock Obendorf and the Obendorf farm people. Debbie, she's incredible, but she is so allergic to hops. 
So we have a fresh hop festival put on by another brewery around here where everyone brings their fresh hop beers. It's a really cool beer festival. And she does hop crowns. So she'll cut, like cut down the vines and make crowns for people. And it's all fun and games. By the end of it, she's just swollen. And I'm like, Debbie, what are you doing to yourself? <laughs> Why are you doing this to Yeah. It sounds terrible. Like, I love you to death. Please don't do this to yourself anymore. It's terrible. And she's like, I love it too much. People just, people just dig it. Like, it's awesome. And I love that. Like the spirit of it is just, it's very cool. I was just sitting here enjoying this patio uh, pounder. Patio pounder. Yeah. Well, speaking of enjoying the patio and enjoying some good, like old, old day drinking beers, uh, I'm a huge fan of smoked meat products, and I have to know more about the Boise Bacon and Beer Festival. I hear it's coming back this year for the first time in a long time, and I want to be assured that you are going. Yes, pre pre pandemic, it's actually back. It's Idaho's largest bacon and beer theme festival. Everyone gets at least a pound and a half worth of bacon inspired dishes. I, I have to cut in. You, you say that like there are multiple bacon festivals. Hey, I can, I'm the marketing guy. I can spin it how I want, right? <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> you caught me. You caught me. All of my marketing, everything I always, it's Idaho's largest. So you, you're the first person to ever call it out. That was great. I'm sorry. I just, it's not the way to treat a guest. I just threw you right under the bus there. Yeah. But, but now there's going to be at least two and then we'll be the biggest. That's right. We work with uh, shamrock foods. So one of the food providers here, they're amazing. They donate grocery credit to all the, the restaurants that are participating. So everyone basically gets their grocery bill covered to make the dish. Daily's bacon donates the bacon. So we have a lot of really like deep connections with this. Um, which allows us to donate a large amount of the proceeds to uh, a local nonprofit that's culinary inspired. It's Create Common Good is the name of the, the organization. And they basically just train people with skills, maybe people who are underserved or don't have the ability, like, you know, they've been through the, the justice system, uh, incarcerated, anything like that. They teach them good skills on how they how to use a knife, how to prep stuff and everything so they they have marketable skills to take out and go work in restaurants like ours or anything around the valley and get a good paying job so we're pretty proud of this event that's the that's the feel-good aspect of it but at the end of the day it's bacon and beer which is just awesome so this is my third third year putting it on and it's grown every year which is awesome i love that i also have a just a, a question about the amount of of salmon that you guys serve at sockeye is it, do you do smoked salmon do you have salmon on the menu is it just ironic and you like there's not a not a fish to be seen it's interesting um i was notified probably three weeks ago that we are one of the largest sockeye salmon purveyors like that buy salmon cook salmon uh in the northwest which if you can imagine the northwest just goes through a lot of salmon so to be yeah. on the list of like the top i don't know where that dollars if it's top five top three something like that but to be at the top of that list is just absurd to be in that so yeah we have salmon tacos um, we have a salmon salad we have a salmon dinner we have salmon the salmon club's probably my favorite thing on the entire menu all right club sandwich with salmon but yeah we actually sell more salmon than just about every restaurant in the northwest so why'd you let marketing director tyson just disappear you should be the number one purveyor of sockeye salmon and the in the southwest <laughs> <laughs> no it's just it's just it's it's it is interesting like i said being being named sockeye i guess that's something we should uh as the marketing guy i should pin to our 
it's like hashtag drink like a fish fish hashtag we sell more salmon than you or something i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i love it love it so been in business for 25 years largest distributing uh brewery in idaho selling idaho beer to idaho people and you recently announced an expansion to a second location it caught my eye because it's the first tap room I've seen with a putt-putt course inside of it. This sounds like a really exciting new chapter for Sockeye, but the putt-putt course, explain yourselves. So the building's 12,000 square feet, give or take. Um, so a large part of that is just going to be a very high-end brewery restaurant. We are not going to brew beer at this restaurant. It just doesn't make sense. We brew enough beer where we are and have capacity. It's going to be a nice high-end brewery kind of gastro pub, so to speak. The building is kind of built, interestingly, where it's got a rotunda, like a very round area that's large. It's going to be a dining area. One side is going to be the bar dining area with a big patio. And then on one side, it's got kind of a room we could have used for weddings. We could have used for, I don't know, any kind of special event. Because of the nature of the space, we're like, we should do something cool with this. And as we were talking, there's a golf course up the road from where this location is. So we decided, why not do something golf related? I'm a big golfer, so maybe I had something to do with this. I don't know. I like to think I did. And we had Putt Tech, which is a national company that designs backyard, mini golf courses, things like that. So the idea is not to put a mini golf course that's all gimmicky. It's actually going to be very high class, nine hole putting course. So my, my plan is to run leagues. And have people do competitions, hole in one competitions. It's going to be kind of wild. Yeah, just for our for our uh, streamers watching at home. So that's the rotunda at the top, right there. Yeah, looks the 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 renderings make it look like an awesome place. This I'm gonna have yeah. to get get out to Boise just to try the this that top picture from Putt Tech. Um, is the closest that I can describe because we have a lot of windows that look a lot like that. I have other renderings that have since come since I put out this press release, but that's got to be the closest to what you can probably expect with what ours our layout's going to look like. It's a lot of glass really awesome. to be next next to golf balls. Oh yeah, inevitably, like that's that's a terrible idea. Luckily, we have a little bit of a wainscot that comes up. Like I don't know, but inevitably. You mix alcohol and a yeah. You're shipping, like here's here's some green. beers, a golf club, and <laughs> golf balls, and a house of mirrors. Have fun. Exactly, and better yet, those people from the golf course up the road, they do league. They come down to have a couple extra drinks. It's just not going to end well, but yeah. we'll see. <laughs> well, I was going to ask what what you said. You you actually used the phrase "classy putt putt," and I was going to ask yes. what that meant, but then I saw the photos and I was like, oh, okay, that that makes sense. The intent was, like I said, not to be gimmicky with it. And we were going to build it out ourselves and do kind of a gimmicky, like, oh, it's cool. It's got this and that and the other. And then when we reached out to PubTech, given it's a lot more money to build it out this way, but we wanted it to be legit. Or at least the golfer in me wanted it to be legit. It makes sense with me. Um, I'm going on vacation uh, next week after we record our next episode. And I'm going to the world home of not classy putt-putt courses, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. So <laughs> I will I will be back with a full report on what is a gimmicky golf course, which I'm very <laughs> excited to go to. I very much respect like trying to like 
put the money oh, yeah. in and like let's let's give people a challenge let's give something more than just like hey look we got a a a, a, a pinwheel inside of the brewery yeah there's totally a windmill uh, there's totally gonna be a windmill windmill not uh, a pinwheel. yeah that's right Tr- trust me my wife is actually kind of bummed north shore tahoe has a bunch of gimmicky ones too here like that's just a destination we go to a bunch and my wife's like you're not gonna have all that stuff and i'm like no like you <laughs> So there's a lot of people probably expecting it. So we'll see how that works out. So Tyson, we know that potatoes are good for, in my opinion, two things. One is French fries and the other one is vodka. But when people find out that from outside of Idaho, that you work at a brewery, how often in Idaho, how often do they ask if you brew a potato beer? 85% of the time. A lot higher than I thought. Yeah, it's not every time, but, and to be honest, I don't know if Sockeye ever has. There's another local brewery that does, and it's a pretty good beer. Like it, she, she's done well with it, but I don't think Sockeye has. You like maybe a, they're throwing a potato in the mash or something. You don't have a potato lugger? No. They're <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I imagine you could figure it out, but it might be pretty thin. Not a lot of body to it. Hopefully, your brewers never hear this episode. Oh, they're like, there's there's too much salinity in this beer. Throw a couple <laughs> potatoes in there. It's like they're making tomato sauce. <laughs> a nice marinara IPA. Give a, can you give a shout out to the brewery that does make a potato beer that you yeah, know Bear, about? Bear Island. Bear Island. Bear Island. Yeah, Bear Island Brewing uh, Brewing here in uh, Boise, Idaho. Beth, she she was kind of the visionary behind that. She's got she's awesome. I also live walking distance to her brewery, so I spend an inordinate amount of time at her brewery. So, uh, being walking distance from a brewery is awesome and dangerous. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Where your reputation precedes you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> learn learn local brewery. <laughs> so Boise has a lot to offer in terms of like outdoor activities. What's your favorite thing to do in Boise outside of beer? You know, I'm a kayaker. I have since the pandemic had twin boys, so it's taken me off the water quite a bit, but I'm a big kayaker and a big skier. So depending on the, depending on the season, that's where you'll find me wins how how early into or how late into the pandemic seven days after lockdown so august or april oh wow. so may may 8th or eight days i guess so it's kind oh, of wild. i had a daughter on april 4th so i were you know <laughs> very close it, it, it was wild but yeah twin identical twin boys it was it definitely has been life-changing but in a, in a good way as you can imagine would would you say that's you getting your comeuppance yes that's exactly what it is. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. No kids over here, but I'm I constantly worry about it. It's just one of those one of those things. It it keeps you up at night. That's right. If you don't have them and it keeps you up when you do have them, like whatever. <laughs> Are you a uh, a casual paddler? You got like a casual, yeah. We, okay. I mean my buddy and I who started another brewery here in town, we we used to be big paddlers together. We're just getting older and fat. Like this does it, you know. <laughs> what happens when you drink beer, potato beer. beers all all week long? Su- surprisingly, just because you're fat doesn't mean you're actually more buoyant. You sink easier, so it is what it is. Yeah, leave the trick. Leave the short <laughs> four foot boat at home, and you know, yep. get yourself a nice <laughs> nine, eleven footer, and exactly. Like I'm a river. I'm a lake kayaker now. Like I just don't, I don't do the river things anymore. That's a yeah. smart decision, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So being in Boise, what is the one thing that you wish it was well more known for? 
And that's a really tough question because we have a lot of people moving here. You're almost like, I want to do the opposite. Like, hey, stop <laughs> moving here for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you wish people didn't know it existed. Yeah, like stop moving. Um, You know, the thing about Boise that's really cool, in my opinion, I can't go anywhere. And maybe this is a testament. If it keeps growing, maybe this is wrong. But I can't go anywhere without knowing someone. Given the industry, the beer industry is very conducive to that you know you go out to lunch you go out to dinner with your family you know the buyer or you know someone who you've worked with uh throughout the industry but everyone's very well connected here if you're part of a community or part of like a segment of a community the community here say you're into the beer scene or you're into whatever boise takes care of their own it's got a very good camaraderie between the citizens living here and i i i personally that's my favorite thing about boise that's why I don't want more people moving here maybe because it's just, it makes it easy, but it's just, it, it, you feel like you're part of something bigger. You know, I've thought about moving to bigger cities with my wife and we've talked about it, but at the end of the day, I think feeling like you're part of something in Boise is pretty cool. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks. Thanks again for, for joining us, Tyson. Can you again sit, tell us where people can find sockeye? Where do you distribute? Sockeye distributes uh, statewide in Idaho. So just about anywhere you can find beer, you can find Sockeye. Outside of that, Montana, Oregon, and Washington. Um, And then expanded plans to go to a few other states, Alaska, further into Washington, and then Colorado as well. So some big things in the works. So look out for us. We're kind of making waves. Those are some awesome places to be selling beer. And all of those states are really cool. I can't attest to Alaska. Heard good things. Uh, I'm, I'm interested. You know, I get to take some trips up there if, that, if we start distribution up there. So I'll see what it's like. Maybe Fingers maybe that's selfishly. You. Like, it's exciting. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You get to take a little little uh, a plane and land on the water and then go in and do your sales calls. Exactly. It sounds way cooler than just driving. Throw yeah. in some places that you'd like to go to. Like, yeah, we're going to be in Miami soon. Florida. Where are you guys located? Pennsylvania or yeah. North, Pennsylvania? I'm Northeast. Northeast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on over. We would love to have you. So thank you again. Thanks for joining us, Tyson. No, thanks for having us. I, like, like I said, that I could talk probably for another hour, but I won't keep you too long. <laughs> I am out of beer, um, so I have to go get more beer. Uh, thank you, Isaac. For, for making it back across the border and joining Pleasure. me for another episode. Always surprised when I do it. <laughs> you can find more from Sockeye at SockeyeBrew.com. Thanks again for these great beers. Have you been thinking, oh, I really enjoy this podcast and these episodes? Well, you can support us by leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you want to take your support to the next level, you can join the beer club at Bruvana.com. Get great local beers like these from our featured Uncharted Beer Scene City shipped to you. And uh, then join us for weekly tastings and talks. I should have had a good alliteration there if I was really on top of things. Join us for weekly tasty talks. You can also follow us on social media at Bruvana. We'll be back next week with our next awesome Boise Brewery, another legend in the Idaho beer game, Payette Brewing Company. Uh, But until then, stay safe, be kind, and support local breweries. 
Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Thanks, Brian. Cheers. Woo!